0: Hello and welcome back to Restore Planet Podcasts with me, your host, Chad Cole. So today I'm joined by Stephanie Fennessy from Giraffe Conservation Foundation based out in Namibia. So Stephanie, welcome. And we start by telling us a little bit about your background, a little bit about uh, GFC and uh, then we can go from there.
1: Yeah. Hi. Um- Giraffe Conservation Foundation, GCF, is who I work for. And um, yeah, I'm, as you may be able to tell by my accent, I'm German, but I'm based here in Namibia. Um, My husband and I founded the Giraffe Conservation Foundation in 2009, my husband is an Aussie, so even crazier. But um, yeah, we live here in Namibia. He did his PhD originally on giraffe, and we just realized that um, there was very little known about giraffe. Um, And that there was probably far less giraffe in Africa than everyone thought. And um, so that's how it gradually started. So initially his PhD, he started in 97. And um, yeah, we just realized over time that there was no one really working in giraffe. And we had other work. We worked in conservation in the wider conservation um, background and just, yeah, thought it was necessary to folk that someone should actually really start focusing on giraffe and that's what we did um, now we are based here in namibia as i said we have uh, probably about 18 staff all over africa we currently work in 18 african countries have an impact on over 100 million acres of giraffe habitat um, so from a small idea from a small phd project um, it became quite big over time
0: Fantastic. And so, tell us a little bit about the current situations for giraffes. How, how are they doing? How have they been over the past decades? And perhaps, what did your what did your husband find as well?
1: Um. Yeah. So, most people who even work in conservation will be quite surprised that giraffes are actually in trouble. Um. We estimate there is that there is about one hundred and seventeen thousand giraffe remaining in all of Africa. Um. Just to put it into perspective, if you compare that to elephant, we all know elephant are in trouble. Um, there's about 400, 450,000 elephant in Africa and 117,000 giraffes. So that is one giraffe for every four elephant, which is uh, pretty shocking if you really think about it. And then considering that most people don't know that giraffe are in trouble. And uh, to make matters worse, um, our research has shown that there is four different species of giraffe. They're genetically really different, even though they all obviously look like giraffe. Um, but that puts some of these species in a very precarious situation that um, their numbers are even much lower. Um, giraffe have lost about 90% of their habitat in the last 300 years. Um, that's obviously not unique to giraffe. It's combines so or it's the same for a lot of other wildlife. Um, but giraffe are such an iconic animal and such an iconic symbol for Africa. So considering the numbers and the habitat loss and, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a, a good outlook for them. But in saying that, um, our surveys have also shown that in the last 10, 15 years, giraffe numbers have increased by almost 20%. And I would love to say that is all just because of our excellent work. And we hopefully have a little bit of a, of an impact there, but it's largely also just by us counting them better. Um, giraffe are notoriously difficult to count in aerial surveys, just their surface mass or oh, their surface is, is just really small. Um, they stick their heads into trees and they're really difficult to count. And also, a lot of uh, governments and other conservation organizations have really not focused much on them. So, the numbers we had in the past were quite unreliable. And now that we um, compile them better work with a lot of partners and get a lot of survey data uh, numbers have gone up and yeah partially just because we are counting them better but um, yeah we definitely see positive trends there is more interest in giraffe um, which is partially at least due to our work um, which is great
0: fantastic and you said that they've lost 90 percent or up to 90 percent of the habitat and the last- 300 years now 300 years is obviously quite quite a long time is that all down to to human development or have there been other other factors um
1: mainly yeah it's just uh, human population growth people need more space we need more space to plant for agriculture just to feed people um cities um dissecting and then like infrastructure is dissecting the existing habitat um Climate change is, is starting to, to show an impact. Um, we just did some really interesting climate change modeling with some groups from from England where we really want to use this to look, if we move giraffe back into their old habitat, will this habitat actually be long-term, be feasible? So um, we are really working with a lot of experts in different fields just to make sure we make the best conservation decisions for for giraffe.
0: Fantastic, where exactly are the giraffes in Africa? Or where are the patterns um, of migration and what, what countries?
1: Um, they occur in 21 countries and I can share a map with you that you can maybe uh, put in the links. Um, they yeah they live in 21 countries. They used to occur in a white arch, I should say this way uh, around Africa, so in, in West Africa, Central Africa, East Africa and Southern Africa. Um, and while their habitat used to be quite connected, now we see a lot of pockets of, of habitat. So um, it's really difficult for them to, so the areas have just shrunk um, and they are living in, in smaller areas. They don't generally migrate. Um, they live in areas quite, um, and stay in these areas. But uh, we see some small migrations where they use larger areas and move seasonally a little bit. But uh, generally, they are actually using their habitat, just moving around in the same areas. Okay,
0: and uh, tell me a little bit about the projects that you have going on across these across yeah. these countries. <laughs>
1: Where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) As as I said, we we currently work in 18 African countries. We work a lot with partners because we are a relatively small organization, so we can't do it all ourselves. Um, We work with lots of experts in their fields. We work with governments. We work with large conservation organizations like African Parks or Peace Parks who manage land on behalf of governments who manage a lot of national parks in Africa. So uh, we leave them to the land manager. Side and when they need advice on giraffe conservation, this is when we come in. Um, As I said, we we have memorandums of understanding with governments. Um, We often come in and work on a strategic level initially that we sit down with all partners and develop a national giraffe conservation strategy for a country um, to see what are the unique problems for giraffe in the country, Um, who are the players, what are the needs, how how can we make a difference? Because, as I said, 21 countries, and there is no blueprint for giraffe conservation. You can't say just because something worked in Namibia, we can do exactly the same, let's say, in Kenya. um, The political situations are very different. Um, We're talking about different species of giraffe, often um, different threats. Um, So everything has to be adapted. So, but we often work, we do community outreach projects because we always say giraffe can only be saved in Africa by the people who share their living space with giraffe. Um, so we do a lot of um, outreach, working with local community groups. Um, we're doing environmental education. We're doing de-snaring in some project in some countries where that is a big issue. We do a lot of giraffe translocations, bringing giraffe back into areas where they have gone locally extinct or where there's only very small populations that need support to, to grow. Um, we do surveys, as I said, just to learn more about giraffe. We have a veterinarian on staff um, who does can help with direct interventions and a lot of training. We do tracking, we, we put uh, tracking devices on giraffe just to learn more because as I said they have really been under-researched so we still don't know much about them so just learning how do they use their habitat. Um, we know very little about family bonds and yeah this is just a few things.
0: <laughs> extensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay so just to hone in on one specific project um, you've got going on there, Should I tell us a little bit about your desnaring snaring work in, in Uganda?
1: Yeah, for in, in Uganda, in uh, Murchison Falls National Park, um, it's one of the the big um, parks in, in the country, the signature parks, and they have a subspecies of the northern giraffe. As I said, there's four different species and they have some subspecies to make things even more complicated. So there they have the Nubian giraffe, formerly they were called Rothschild's giraffe, um, and um, the park is dissected by the Nile River and on the other side in one area there is um, the DRC, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, as everyone knows, a really poor country, lots of civil unrest Um Quite a problematic country. So what we have seen is that people come over the Nile, they put snares into the park, not for giraffe, they actually target some smaller antelope species, but giraffe are often collateral damage. They put wire snares that are connected to trees and while like a small antelope, a cob or an oribee might just get stuck into the snare and and just die in the spot and then the poachers come and just harvest. Uh, the meat. A giraffe will get stuck in a snare um, mainly around their their ankle, but they will be able to actually rip the the snare out of its footing, um, and then they walk around with the wire attached to their leg, which over time obviously um, causes infection. They can even lose the leg and die. So it's really important to to intervene quite quickly. So together with the Uganda Wildlife Authority, we um, have a de-snaring program where we have a vet who is on our staff who works with Ugandan rangers. They do surveys and look for snared animals and then can intervene immediately. They um, anaesthetize the animal, put it on the ground, remove the snare, treat it and they are up and running again. So if this happens really quickly, um, the giraffe and also other animals recover very quickly and are, are well. Um, but if nothing is if there's no intervention, the the animal will likely die. So the program has been running now for three years. And so far, we have desnared over five hundred animals, and over three hundred and thirty of these were giraffe, um critically endangered Nubian giraffe. So it's really uh, a worthwhile project. And by doing this, we have actually rescued and saved. Um, over ten percent of the the world population of these animals.
0: Wow, incredible!
1: Yeah, so it's a it's a small, relatively small program when it comes to financial intervention, um, but um, yeah, it has a big, big, big impact.
0: Right. You touched on that uh, there are four four species of giraffe. I'm just curious to know what what is the the uh, variations between the the species, and what what is the life cycle of giraffe? How long do they live for? in when it comes to breeding, etc.
1: Great questions, both of them. So yeah. first of all, the genetics. I'm not a geneticist, so I, I put things very simple. So a giraffe is obviously a giraffe. They, they all look like a giraffe, but genetically they're very different. Um, and when you, so the different species of giraffe, they split, thousands of years and tens of thousands of years ago, um, and the group who does the genetic analysis for us, it's, um, they're based in Germany at the Senckenberg Museum. They also work on bears and to put it just into concept is um, the difference between the different species of giraffe genetically is more significant than the difference between brown bears and polar bears. And wow. I think that is quite actually brings it really home for me because mm. if you look at a at a brown bear and a polar bear, you there is no questions that are different species, um, and their genetic difference is is larger than between the different species of giraffe. So that makes or the the giraffe have a different uh, the difference between different species of giraffe is more significant than between the two bears. So that really makes me understand that they are very different from each other. Um, talking about individual giraffe, the life cycle it's it's no one really knows. Um, in zoos giraffe get about 25 years old. Um, there's just no one who in here anywhere in Africa who can say this giraffe was born this year and died of natural causes. How many years later. Um, we now we, ha- we have some long-term monitoring programs and we have some giraffes where we know they're at least 26, 27, 28 years old. Um, so we know they reach similar ages in the wild, probably actually live longer in the wild than they do in zoos. Um, they have a gestation period, a pregnancy of about 15 months, so that's pretty long. Um, they normally have one calf, um, every two years, two and a half years on average. Um, we have also seen some giraffe who had calves very late. So we have uh, we know of giraffe who gave birth at the age of 26, 27. Um, so they have a really long um, breeding period.
0: Okay. And your organisation provides veterinary services. And I understand that uh, a big part of your work is helping with capacity building. I was wondering if you just sort of talk about that a little bit
1: yeah so as i said we we run this veterinary intervention in in uganda um we also we help a lot with translocations in different countries we we do a lot of tracking where we fit trackers to giraffe and for that you always have to bring a giraffe safely to the ground immobilize it to fit these trackers and um over time we we realized that There's a lot of veterinary capacity here in Southern Africa, um, wildlife veterinary capacity, but in a lot of other African countries, there's a lot of, veterinarians, but they are all specialized on livestock or um, on dogs and cats. There's very little capacity um, and experience working with wildlife. So what has historically happened, a lot of conservation organizations like we did in the past as well, we bring experienced veterinarians from Southern Africa and or from East Africa, and we bring them to other countries and they do their work and they leave. And we thought after a while, that's not really a sustainable, solution. Wouldn't it be much better to train people from other countries that they can do their own veterinary work? And this kind of triggered an idea. And last year, we ran the first veterinary course here in Namibia, where we brought young African veterinarians from five, six different countries to Namibia, trained them for 10 days, and with in a really hands-on, very interactive training program, where we brought Several Southern African vets, experienced mentors, and these young African vets together working hand in hand um, and trained them. They then went back into their home countries like DRC, um, Uganda, um, Uganda, Tanzania. Um, young Namibian vet we had as well. This year we have, will have veterinarians from Zimbabwe, from Nigeria, from Central African Republic, again from Tanzania and Uganda. So train these guys on the on the job, uh, give them hands on experience, and then they can go back into their home countries and work, which is uh, yeah a much better solution than just bringing expertise and leaving again.
0: So Africa is obviously going through quite, you know, exciting uh, time of development at the moment, and projected to continue to do so uh, for the coming decades. I just wondered what how might uh, governments or organisations best provision for the sort of the conflict between human development and uh, giraffe conservation?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really tricky question, and and obviously human development will always. Have priority for a government, and and it should. I mean, that's the the job of a government. But um, there's obviously ways to balance certain developments, and and we are really keen to get governments buy into, into conservation and specifically giraffe conservation. And so when we start working in a country, we we don't just do little projects on the ground, we try really to, to start on a high level and to interact with the government on, on the highest level to get their buy-in because we really realise it's really important to, to get people um, at the top excited and then it will trigger down and at the same time you can start with projects uh, on the ground and then it all Hopefully, comes together. Um, so, with a lot of governments, we we signed a memorandum of understanding to to, to just um, show a joint commitment to giraffe conservation. And then we really like to start by developing um, a, a national giraffe conservation action plan. Um, or strategy where we bring together everyone who is involved from government, local communities, other NGOs working in the area, maybe academia, and we all bring them together in a room and say, okay, what is the situation? Where do giraffe live in this country? What giraffe do you have? What are the main problems? What are the numbers? Um What are the threats? And what do you think we can do? Um, and by having this as a bit of a guideline, it makes it much easier to to work in the country. A, you have the buy-in and the interest, and B, when when we have any donors who want to fund something, we can say, look, this is the list of priorities that we have developed with the government, with all stakeholders, so this is what we should do. Um, same if there's students who want to do research projects, we can say, okay, this is of interest or this is not of interest. So it makes it much easier to, to focus and to uh, decide what to do and how to best save giraffe in any particular situation.
0: So this 21st of June is World uh, Giraffe Day, an initiative started by the uh, your, your organisation. I just wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about what to expect, uh, what is it all about, how can people get involved, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, we some years ago we were just really wondering that we, we realized that giraffe are really the forgotten giants of Africa. They're such an iconic species. Everyone loves them. But as I said in the beginning, even seasoned conservationists often don't know that giraffe are actually in trouble. So we thought, how can we raise awareness and do something? And um it was six years ago, seven years ago when special days were not really the thing yet. So we thought let's start uh, World Giraffe Day and let's uh, make it a special day. And we chose the 21st of June, the longest day for you guys, for us the longest night um, for the tallest animal. And uh, we just threw the concept out there, we contacted lots of zoos, uh, and zoos, often the keepers are really enthusiastic about giraffe, so they really took it and, and made it a big day. Now it's celebrated around the world by zoos organizations, uh, anyone who wants to get involved, a lot of schools do things, um, we do very little, <laughs> to be honest, we just... Um, throw the concept out there and have some ideas and say to people, just yeah, do whatever. Some people do garage sales, um, cake sales, whatever, just help us raise awareness for giraffe and maybe a little bit of funding that helps us then as well to actually do the work on the ground. Because as I said before, giraffe can only be saved in Africa by African people. So we see ourselves a bit of the an instigator. We, we try to trigger action and um, work with lots of partners rather than doing it all ourselves.
0: So you mentioned that giraffe populations have actually been on the up in recent years and I was just wondering if you'd speak a little bit to future trends and things you'd like to see in the next sort of five to ten years or, or beyond.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we hope the trend continues. And we, I always say I wouldn't be in this job if I didn't believe that we actually can make a difference and that we are making a difference. We, we really strongly believe as an organization, um, we believe in sharing good news. I don't think, I think there's so much negative news. There's so much doom and gloom. If you look at the news, uh, any given day. So we really try to, to highlight conservation success stories. And, um, this is obviously in the theme of conservation optimism as well. Um, we really believe this is how you can make a difference. So there's lots of great things happening. There's lots of people who who are involved, who are passionate about giraffe, there's lots of examples of local communities who are very proud of having giraffe brought back into their area here. For example in Namibia we have a long-term conservation monitoring program in the far northwest. It's a very Arid, hostile area, a lot of very few people. Some of the people there are still nomadic Himbers. Um, and they share their living space with giraffe and we over the last few years we have managed to bring more giraffe back into that area um, because the population had declined through many years of of civil war there was an independence war in Namibia was fought in that area and um, a lot of of wildlife was poached Um, but now the structures are restored it's safe people actually love seeing giraffe they're not controversial it's not scary to share your space with giraffe it's not like living with lion or elephant where you are scared and especially if you have kids it's it's a very scary situation but most people love giraffe. so bringing giraffe back into those areas and seeing people being proud to share their space with with giraffe is just really amazing and and um Yeah, very positive for us to see and encourage. Gives us a lot of hope for the future.
0: Finally, Stephanie, where can people find and support your work?
1: Um, Come to our website, giraffeconservation.org. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, all the social media channels, you name it. We try to post regular, as I said, mainly positive stories. So if you want to see positive things, please follow us on social media. Um, Sign up for our newsletters. yeah, tell your friends and family about our work and about the plight of giraffes. So giraffes are seriously in trouble, but there is hope. And um, we always say that uh, together we can stand tall for giraffe and make a difference. And um, so, yeah, stick your neck out and help us save giraffe in Africa. Stephanie, thank you for your time. Excellent. My pleasure.